1: Everybody thinks of you as a hero, Mr. Bubba. How do you see yourself?
0: I think we're all heroes if you catch us at the right moment. We all have something noble and decent in us trying to get out. And we're all less than heroic at other times. It's the media that uh, notices one person, one moment, and not another. I'm just like the next person, full of frailty, with uh, some courage some decency mixed in. You think I'm a hero. To me, a hero is just a symbol of what's good in all of us. You're looking at me and maybe you just notice what's what's good in yourself.
2: This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Not one of my normal songs I would use, but you know, uh, I use that clip from uh, the movie Hero, and uh, this is a David Bowie song called Heroes. And I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose today to recognize the fact that uh, on top of the uh, on top of the tragedy we saw, we also saw some heroes, uh, heroes amongst us, and we'll talk about it more in the more in the second half. But, uh, you know, it's just not a way to, I just couldn't figure a way to fit everything in chronologically when, when the tragedy in Florida happened right at the end of the week. So I'm going to save that for the second half. Cause I got another clip I want to use to end it with. And, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a, i have got ai got ai got kind of a. A vision for how I want this show to go today, and uh, we'll see how it comes out. I'm freestyling a little bit. I'm driving Brooke a little crazy, who uh, helps write my outlines every week. driving her a little crazy because there's so much coming out Friday morning as we're getting ready and we're just changing stuff. So uh, anyway, before I get on to my freestyle rant today... Let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. Uh, you know, I don't talk a lot about real estate or financing, but if you need it, I got it. If I sound like someone that thinks like you, then that's who you want to talk about, be- that I talk to about real estate financing because we all get our money the same place. We all have the same products. You know, our our uh, our rates and fees vary just a little bit, but the biggest deal is who's going to steer you towards something that that is the best for you and will deal straight with you. And uh, hopefully, by the end of the show, if this is your first time hearing, you'll know. I'm your guy. So uh if you want to hear if you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, cause you're stealing time from your boss or you're just embarrassed a little bit, you got some questions that oh, I don't know if I really qualify for any of this stuff. I feel I feel kinda dumb asking for this stuff because I don't know if I if I'm if I'm just dreaming about what I might be able to do. Hey, no question is a stupid question, but uh go to WCC Loans, www.wccloans.com and you'll have we have all kinds of mortgage information on there for you and if you want to get some information right away go to the loan center click on apply now and put as much information as you want and tell me how much information you want back you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates And uh, if you're talking to my teammates, you're talking to me and uh, because we all work together on all our team loans. Um, If you'd like to email me first, click on the contact page, fill out the form. It goes directly to me and my team as well. If there's any part of the show you want repeated, edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page. Uh, you can listen to it on demand, or you can, and you can also get several past shows, and you can also get uh, some a few of our special shows, the Clinton casualties. If you're not watching the uh, the scandalous series on Fox on Sunday evenings, you're missing out. But uh, it's kind of an outline of the Clinton casualty show, only with a little bit more detail and a, and you know some details about stuff the Clintons did that nobody died in that's not very much extra but most everything's on the Clinton casualty page and there's a few casualties that have happened since I did that show I think there's a few uh, mysterious deaths that have gone on in the last uh, in the last year that I don't have it on there but uh, I think you'll find it interesting got a lot of requests for uh, for information to be put up after I did that show in uh, October of 16 right before the uh, right before the election hey maybe it was that show that influenced everybody to vote for Trump Although uh mostly I'm just broadcasting in California and California got stomped by all the all the dumbo craps so uh you know that's that uh voted for Hillary blindly blind deaf, and dumb so uh anyway if uh if you uh, want to get if you can also get the main event podcast on Soundcloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free have it download to your uh, your uh podcast listening device anytime you want. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman where I tweet about current events all week long like the show on Facebook facebook facebook.com the main event slash the main event Ed Hoffman and uh, if you ever and if I say something that you want to leave comments on I know I'm going fast but maybe you're listening to this and saying hey what's that number I need if you wanna leave me some comments on the show, call me on the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. I may play your clip on the air. I think I have one if I can squeeze it in today, uh today that I'll play on the air. You know what, uh I haven't been getting any any mean, ugly, nasty uh, uh messages of late. I either I'm doing that good of a job or uh I did get a I did get a uh, post on uh on one of my Facebook posts and some guy named Mike Tyson. I don't know if it's the real Mike Tyson, it didn't look like him, and I don't even know if that's a real person but he said hey i heard you on the radio and you're you're boring and you're stupid and i said well don't listen then you look like a uh you look like a, a democrat uh with no uh something i left on there and i said hey but maybe you should try the view so anyway uh everybody's entitled to their opinions i'm entitled to mine and you're entitled to mine so anyway let's let's talk about what's going on this week we got a lot to talk about and not enough time to get it all in. The clock is ticking for Congress to finalize the deal on DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. A group of Republican senators have proposed a deal that they're calling the, ba- the best chance of getting the bill passed before March 5th deadline imposed by the president, a deadline that may not matter if the federal judges continue to overturn it. Uh, on Monday, the president said this.
0: I hope to be able to make a deal. I hope the Democrats are not going to use it just as a campaign. You know, they've been talking about DACA for many years. And they haven't produced. We started talking about DACA, and I think we'll produce. But if the Democrats want to make a deal, it's really up to them.
2: I really don't think the Democrats really care. They just want to to use things to call Trump a hater and a racist and any other thing they can say. Tuesday, he said this to Democrat Senator Sherrod Brown in a congressional meeting.
0: I actually think that uh, we can go bipartisan on infrastructure, maybe even more so than we can on DACA, because the difference is we want to help DACA. You don't. OK, I'm
2: kidding. Now, he's not kidding. He's just trying to be civil and let Sherrod Brown have some, uh, you know, save him some face. He's not kidding. Those guys don't those guys don't want to do any deal. They just want they just want to be opposition to Trump and the Republicans. Um. Here's here's what Trump meant. No matter how many times the president says he wants to work out a DACA deal, it's never good enough for the Democrats because they refuse to agree to a deal that has funding for the wall or an end to chain migration. You know that chain migration thing where, uh, you know, uh, you they approve one guy and he gets to bring in twenty three of his uh, of his uh, distant relatives. Um, we don't even know for sure they're relatives. You might get one guy who's got who's clean and he has some friends that are terrorists and he says here's my brother uh and here's my here's my brother-in-law and here's my wife and here's my sister and here's my aunt and my uncle and these guys might all just be just a, mem- a members of ISIS. Okay, you're in, all your family can come in too. We don't have any way of documenting that. So uh so Chuck Schumer proved this, proved this uh with what he said on Wednesday
3: it was president trump who terminated the daca program last august not democrats or not republicans here unilaterally we are in this pickle in this worse than pickle in this bad situation because president trump chose to end the daca program last last august that stands out above anything else then president trump turned his back not on one, but two bipartisan immigration proposals. I went so far to put the wall, the president's signature campaign issue, on the table for discussion that still did not drive him to a deal. And finally, now that we're working hard in the Senate to come up with a bipartisan proposal, President Trump is just trying to gum up the works, according to reports. President Trump may threaten to veto legislation that doesn't match his hardline demands. my way or no way, with no Democratic input.
2: Yeah, that's fine for me, with no Democratic input, because Democrats don't have any input that isn't just contrary to the Republicans. Let me point out a few things in his little speech. DACA was never a law, it's a deferred action. It was uh, President uh, uh, Barack Insane Obama uh, that decided that hey, I'm going to write an executive action that says we're just going to rewrite the laws. Hey, the laws are if you're if you're not here legally, you get deported. And so he said, hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make this deferred action. Nobody voted on it. That was a unilateral. That was a one thing he just decided we're just gonna. Hey, you know what? We're just gonna let everybody stay. I don't think uh, I don't think that's constitutional, and it wasn't. And President uh, Trump said. Hey, we're gonna give you till March fifth. I'm gonna give you till March fifth to turn this around, turn into a bill, either that or or DACA's over. And uh, you guys that are childhood arrivals, you know what? You could have, you could have five years ago when he when Obama made DACA registered for it. And while you're there, fill out your papers to get legal here, get legal residency, and you might even be have a green card by now. But no, that's that's not good. You don't you don't need to do any work. You don't need to do any work for anything. It's uh you just you just take stuff. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's how I feel about it. Second thing he said, hey, we even threw in the wall. We even threw in the raw wall. If you remember about two weeks ago when this when we had our government shutdown, um he said, Hey, our president won't even take yes for an answer. He wants the wall, he wants this, he wants that. Yeah, we they put in a deal that said, "Hey, DACA's the DACA kids can stay," and uh, they made something into law. And he goes, "We even gave them the wall. They gave them an authorization for the wall. The wall's already authorized. They need an appropriation for the wall. They need to say, hey, this money is can be spent now.' Without the appropriation, the authorization doesn't do anything. All they got to do is say, 'Hey, we're not we're going to vote against the appropriation.' So, hey, build the wall if you want, but you're not getting any money for it." so uh you know these these uh Democrats, they're sneaky you can't turn your back on them or they've got your pocket and your uh you know what uh, you turn your back on them who knows next next thing you know is your uh, your mullet's missing and your and your daughter's knocked up <laughs> if I can say that uh so anyway it's uh it's stupid to, it's stupid to pass any law here's here's the third thing I was gonna say it's stupid to pass any law without the wall it's stupid to pass any kind of law on daca amnesty anything that ref, that uh that resembles amnesty without the wall up, because once we do that, as we learned in the '80s when uh, when Reagan did this, as soon as they became, as soon as he gave amnesty for everybody who was here, everybody who wasn't here streamed across the border and said they've been here for years. Duh. So uh, think about that. Think about that. You know, uh, when Newt Gingrich was running for president, in 2012, he said, uh, "Hey, you know what?" We have to have, we have to seal the border before we can have this discussion. He goes, if I become president, one year after taking the, uh, moving into the White House, we'll have the we'll have the 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 uh, the border secure, and we'll and then we can talk about immigration reform. But until then, you can't, which I think is is a is a flaw in this plan to discuss DACA with the wall, but you at least have to get the authorization and the appropriation for the wall and say, hey, the wall has to go up. Otherwise, guess what? We're going to be in the same, same exact spot five years from now. You know what? If we're going to spend money, and we're going to spend money, let's get something for it. You know, uh, uh, Barack Obama spent $10 trillion that we didn't have. We got $10 trillion more debt. For our kids and our grandkids and our grand and our great grandkids that are going to be be paying on this thing for for decades and uh, maybe uh, maybe centuries, and we got nothing for it. We don't have a wall. We don't have a beefed up mi- uh, military. We didn't get our bridges and uh, and roads fixed. We don't. We're not energy independent. We didn't get anything. All we did was just give money to lazy people. Oh, Ed, you're always picking on the poor people. The rich people are the bad ones. Guess what? I'm not picking on poor people. I'm picking on I'm picking on lazy people. You know what? People that said, hey, all you got to do is fill out this form. You get an EBT card. You get $200 worth of food, and you get this much money to that you can use in anything. You can, you can uh, swipe it at the ATM and pull cash out of it. You can go to all those places that say, we accept EBT cards. Isn't it great? That's our tax money, folks. You know, and the thing that that makes me the maddest is when you see, and and I go to the grocery store very seldom. Usually, I hear Don, my wife, telling me stories about what she sees. But occasionally, I go. With, I go with her, and we stand in line, and I see, and I see these people standing in line with uh, big baskets full of all kinds of all kinds of. Stuff that I wouldn't think a poor person would would be buying, and uh, they've got their long their long manicured nails with the fancy jewels in the nails and rings and bracelets and all kinds of stuff, and they're all dolled up. And then they pull out their EBT card and and pay for the groceries. And then they wheel their gro- and then they get free bags now since uh, last year when we had to start paying for ten cents for bags. And then they wheel their cart out to their brand new Cadillac Escalade or their Mercedes parked in the handicap spot uh and you know those are the kind of people that i just think are the problem with our country and i don't think we should feed into that and you know and this is what leads to leads to the kind of kind of a uh, the kind of the kind of blind deaf and dumb voters we have in this i have a friend who uh works for uh, department of housing and urban development and i'm talking to her and she goes well you know you guys, you guys don't even care. You know, the Trump just shut down the government because he didn't, couldn't get his way on DACA. He shut down the government. And I said, you know, what? he didn't shut down the government because of DACA. He shut down the government because the Democrats wanted to tie DACA to the spending bill. And he said, no way. If the if if the if this ha- it all has to be part of this or let's just do the spending bill. And he stood a hard line. And I go, "What do you mean? He shut down the government. He doesn't care about us people. All those people that work for the federal government that didn't didn't get to go to that weren't able to go to work. He just didn't even care about them." And I said, "So what? You were shut down for 2 days. You got 2 day 2 days off. Did you get paid for those 2 days?" She goes, "Of course we did." I don't know how you feel about that, guys, but you know what? Shutting down the government just gave everybody in the federal government a day off. 2 days off this time. Oh, he doesn't care about those people. Yeah, he doesn't care about us taxpayers that we paid for two days and got no, no, uh, no productivity out of those people. That's not hurting those people. It's hurting us. That's what I think, anyway. So uh, someone, someone needs to remind these, these Democrats that uh, they used to have some common sense, too, on illegal immigration. Here's Diane Feinstein from 1993.
1: Mexico does nothing to enforce its border. It is my view that if we are going to have a North American free trade agreement, that Mexico must do its share. Because the day when America could be the welfare system for Mexico is gone. You have to concentrate on saying the people who should be here are those who come legally at this time.
2: You know what? I don't know. I don't know. This seems like philosophically that Diane Feinstein's done a one hundred eighty. How can we haven't voted her out of office yet oh yeah because you democrats like uh, free stuff i forgot here's uh here's bernie sanders of all people talking about uh how president bush's immigration reform bill wasn't fair to americans in 2007 i think it's high time that the senate of the united states of america began to stand up for the american worker and i would hope that before an immigration bill is passed that it will respect the rights of American workers, both low-wage workers and both professional workers. So what is it? We got to have a bleeding heart for the illegal aliens that are over here and give them, let them stay for free? Or we need to think about Americans first? Because I don't know, I hear Bernie Sanders talking out of both sides of his mouth. Again, Bernie Sanders was in 2007, so that was 11 years ago. And so maybe he grew out of his his values. Maybe he grew out of his morals, maybe maybe his code changed. I don't know, maybe, but I would think if you're part of our federal government, you should have a pretty you should have a pretty good uh take on how things should work, and this is how this is how I believe it should work you know hey this is this is the this is the 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 system how it should work People shouldn't have to do this; they have a right to this. Well, if you're so, so so strong on your beliefs, how come you change them? Talk, 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 talk. They just talk. They don't care. They don't care. And uh, thinking of Democrats, Trey Gowdy was right about them last week. They intentionally included classified information in the memo. You know, the memo about the about the Mueller investigation and all that stuff. And uh, you know how the collusion of the Democratic Party with the Russians and with everybody else to keep Trump from getting it, getting a uh, – Elected, you know the collusion of the federal government to overturn, to uh, to uh, contradict the desires of the people, you know the, those all of us voters, those the collusion of the the Barack Obama administration, you know the State Department and the Department of Justice and the FBI and all that stuff, Comey and Loretta Lynch and all those pillars of strength that all you Democrats think were the greatest, um, so. So they intentionally included classified information in the memo so that Trump wouldn't release it, making it look like the president has something to hide. Here's the ranking Democrat on House Lack of Intelligence Committee, uh, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, you know, your congressman out there in Burbank and San Fernando Valley um, out there. Here, Here he is saying exactly what Trey Gowdy predicted.
3: The hypocrisy of this just kind of reaches out and grabs you by the throat. Uh, here, the Republicans write a memo, which the FBI quite accurately describes as
0: misleading and omitting material facts. And what does the president do? He says, I'm going to release it
3: before I even read it. hundred percent, I'm going to release it. This is a president who puts his own personal interest above the national security interests of the country. The president doesn't want the public to see the underlying facts.
2: Hey, all you Democrats, all you Republicans out there in uh, in uh, the San Fernando Valley. You know what? Get off your butts in November and go vote and make sure Adam Schiff doesn't get reelected. I don't care who runs against him. Vote for the Republican. Get rid of Adam Schiff. He's a moron. Here's uh, Devin Nunes calling them out on the whole thing.
0: We actually want the Democratic memo out. Uh, we think it's ridiculous on the face of it. We think it's very political about how they attack my, myself. They attack Chairman Gowdy. Uh, they turn uh, Carter Page into some super secret Russian spy. Uh, they talk about how Christopher Steele is a, is a really, really good source. Would we know that he lied to the FBI? So we, we want this out. Uh, we don't know why they're not in this weekend redacting it so that we can get it back to the White House so the president can declassify it.
2: Because they don't care about the information on the memo, they just want to contradict the president. Oh, he doesn't want to let anybody see it. He's hiding something. No substance, just clips and sound bites, so that so that the dummies of this world that don't really pay attention and don't think for themselves, they go, "Oh yeah, did you hear Adam Schiff? He said it. He said it that uh, uh, Trump is hiding something." I knew we couldn't trust that Trump. Then Lindsey Graham uncovered a something interesting this week. Obama's national security advisor Susan blame the blame Benghazi on the video rice remember her and yeah it was a video it was a it was a impromptu uh, 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 reaction to a video that somebody put on a on a youtube she sent herself an email january 20th 2017 which was the day that obama and trump traded places when they handed off the the government you know the inauguration day for Trump, and uh, it was a glorious day for those of us that were there to watch that, to watch uh, Obama as he left and watch his his uh, helicopter lift off from behind the Capitol and take him to uh, the Air Force Base where he took off and said, "See ya." We're going to. I think he went to California. I think he. I think he landed at March Air Force Base on his way to his vacation. I can't believe we let him land in my town. <clears throat> so anyway, so here here's the report. Here's the report. In the mail on January 20th, in, in an email on January 20th, the, the day of President Trump's inauguration, Rice described a January 5th meeting between Obama, herself, and then FBI Director James Comey, then Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, and then Vice President Joe Biden concerning, concerning the investigation into Russian election interference. In the email, Susan Rice wrote, quote, President Obama began the conversation by stressing his continued commitment to ensuring that every aspect of this issue is handled by the intelligence and law enforcement communities, quote, by the book. The president stressed that he's not asking about initiating or instructing anything from the law enforcement perspective. He he reiterated that our law enforcement team needs to proceed as it normally would by the book. You know, you got to wonder why she's doing that. Here's Lindsey Graham.
4: So what I'm worried about is it's an effort by the president to basically get himself on the record through Susan Rice to make sure that from his point of view, everything was done by the book. The question is, did the president know anything about the FISA warrant application? Did Susan Rice know that the warrant application uh, included a dossier uh, from Mr. Steele, When he was on the payroll of the Democratic Party coming from Russian sources, that he was a political operative being paid by the Democratic Party and that the information in the FISA warrant application was a dossier that was political in nature and that Mr. Steele hated President Trump, candidate Trump, and was trying to do everything he could to beat him. That's not exactly by the book.
2: Nope, not by the book at all, but I'm uh, I'm out of time for uh, part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of commercials and traffic and weather, and I'll be back in five minutes with part two and more of what's going on and, our, uh, and my opinion on the heroes of this week. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Hey, I don't talk a lot about mortgages on the uh, on the air because uh, if you're not in the market for it, it's boring. But you maybe even you may be in the market and not even realize it. If you uh, if you uh, find yourself needing uh, considering needing to buy a new house, buy help your kids buy a house so they can move out of your house. Um, you know, refinance a house that you have, buy a vacation home, or if you want to get a uh, get a uh, one of those the, one of those reverse mortgage things. You know that uh, us uh, us people getting close to retirement or maybe you're at retirement and you got more uh, more life left than you have money and you'd like to make the you'd like to uh, reverse that a little bit and you just want someone to tell you straight how it works 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time 855-640-2020 call me or go to wccloans.com so uh also don't forget the listener hotline or you can leave me a voicemail, tell me what you thought about the show, uh, like it or don't like it. Here's one that we got uh that we just uh got uh last week, I think.
0: Let's play. Hey, thanks for the show on the great common sense, this is Bushman. Just want to tell you uh finally got some relief, man. We got rid of the Muslim bleep, uh communist traitor and hopefully uh we got rid of the so, oh, come back, Clintons, the other traders, and uh, hopefully we'll all see them in chains and handcuffs marching to prison. I only hope so. I see that in my lifetime. Thanks for a good show, man. Take
2: care. For those of you that didn't understand him, because I didn't the first time, I had to listen to it the second time, the comeback Clintons. That's uh, that's uh, Bill and Hillary, the comeback kids. So, yeah, well, hopefully we do see them behind the behind bars. I'm praying for it as well because I would just like to see – Somebody, somebody besides us normal people, us normal regular citizens have to uh, have to, uh, I don't know, uh, live by the laws and the Clintons apparently are above the law. So let's talk about let's talk about what happened this week. And uh, every time there's every time there's new proof of the Democrats conspired with the Obama's uh, just Department of Justice and the FBI To damage the Trump campaign, we conservatives are reminded that we aren't allowed to criticize the rank-and-file FBI agents who put their lives on the line to keep us safe. You know what? Hey, we're talking about James Comey. We're talking about this person and that person. We're not talking about the regular FBI agents out there beating the streets. But you know what? Um, This week there's glaring proof that plenty of those rank-and-file FBI agents aren't doing their jobs. And you know who pays their salaries? We do. What's the proof? The proof is the school shooting at Miami suburb of Parkland, Florida, which has killed 17 17 high school students and teachers. Well, actually, it was 15 students and two teachers. As it turns out, this is another case of FBI watching someone and not doing anything about it until they start killing people. We first learned about this Thursday from Florida Senator Marco Rubio.
3: We saw reports this morning of a post on YouTube a year ago where he posted that he wanted to be a school shooter. This was alerted to the FBI who had followed up, by the way, in an interview with that person who alerted them. They all have this premeditation in common. And we sit here in hindsight and see all of these little uh, points and say, taken together, those are warning signs. The problem is they're not taken together.
2: No, they're not taken together. And I thought uh, in 2001 that uh, President Bush... Created the Department of Homeland Security to connect the to connect the Justice Department and the FBI and the CIA and local local law enforcement, so everybody's communicating. So when one of the departments finds out something, the other departments know about it. I thought that's how it worked, but apparently not. You know, uh, we had uh, uh, who was it? Janet Napolitano, who used to be the governor of Arizona, suing the federal government for not protecting her, not protecting her uh, state, and then all of a sudden she becomes uh, promoted to the uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security and then she still wouldn't protect her own state of Arizona and Sharon angle had to the, who took over for her as the as the governor had to sue her and eventually uh you know she decided she really wasn't committed to the job so uh she took a job with uh University of California so now she's screwing up our state's uh university system but uh it just you know what I don't think any of the Secret Service, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Justice, FBI, CIA, under Barack insane Obama didn't take their job seriously. We never saw so many so many uh, Secret Service and high level guys, you know, busted for getting hookers. And, you know, they got drunk and ran into the one of them got drunk and they ran into the, the the barrier at the White House. And, you know, just dumb stuff going on, I think. They have a pretty important job. Maybe they should take it a little bit more seriously. Later that morning, Judge Andrew Napolitano, no relation to Janet Napolitano, made these comments on Fox's Outnumbered.
4: This is another black eye for them in a week of uh, of black eyes. But it, it appears that in September, just six months ago, he posted on YouTube, quote, I want to be a professional school shooter. And that YouTube uh, posting was noticed by a bail bondsman in Mississippi. The bail bondsman in Mississippi called the FBI in Mississippi. The FBI, instead of visiting this guy Cruz, who posted this, visits the bail bondsman. The bail bondsman says, look, I don't know him. I never heard of him. I'm just surfing the net and I saw it. And that's the end of it. If if they went beyond that, we don't know. They certainly didn't go beyond that to find him and talk to him and say, say is this you did you post this and what do you mean you want to become a professional school shooter apparently those inquiries were not made
2: no apparently they weren't here's here's a portion of an interview with the actual bail bondsman who reported him this guy's name is ben Benite, and he lives in mississippi and saw this on the net
3: this
1: particular guy found my video and decided to leave that comment. I've never seen a post that disturbing or that brazen, so I reported to the FBI. The FBI sent out a couple of field agents to my office
3: uh, pretty immediately, and they took down what information I could give them, and uh, I hope opened an investigation from there. I- I'm not gonna say they dropped the ball. I-, I feel like I gave them very limited information on my end.
2: Uh yeah, they give him limited information. Like uh, this guy's name is Nicholas Cruz, according to what his his uh, account name is on uh, on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, said, "Hey, he's going to be famous for being a professional school shooter." You know what? I bet you that's hard to find that guy. Then we find out that uh, that the kid's YouTube handle was was his real name. Dana Perino asked former FBI agent Bobby Chacon about this.
3: I want to ask you about these reports that the FBI says they could not identify the suspect, Nicholas Cruz, even though his name was used in his YouTube handle. So I think people are having a little bit of a hard time understanding that. Can you shed some light on how that might happen? Well, you
4: know, I don't know how common the name is, and I, I had heard that he spelled it right, and then I heard there was a misspelling of his name. So, I mean, it, a lot of it depends on, you know, the details of what happened mm-hmm. and, and what uh, what databases they checked, whether or not they went to uh, the extent of getting a subpoena to YouTube.
2: Whether they even thought about it, whether they even do their job. You know, uh, I put up, I wrote, the guy's name is Nicholas, N I K O L O L A U S, I think. Um, He spells it kind of weird, but I, I Googled N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, and guess what? It popped right up. So I don't know. It popped up. I just put Nicholas Cruz, and guess what popped up? It took me about 20 seconds to find this guy, and uh, I just wonder, you know, are you even trying? You know, we pay you guys pretty pretty darn good money to protect us, and, you know, are you even trying? So let's not insult the rank-and-file FBI guys. Uh, until in, I think we should take take this. Hey, let's insult everybody who doesn't do their job. You know, if this was my company, if they're doing this at my company and they're not doing their job, I fire them. Guess what? Because I'm spending my money. But the people that run the country are spending our money. They're not spending their money, so they don't treat it right. This is what I think the 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 value of Trump is, is he looks at it that way. Here's a spokesman from the Miami bureau, FBI bureau. And uh, sounding helpless, again, like the FBI couldn't figure out this kid's identity. In 2017, the FBI received information about a comment made on a YouTube channel. The
0: The comment simply said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. No other information was included with that comment, which would indicate a time, location, or the true identity of the person who made the comment.
2: Yeah, they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> they put his name right on the top. They put his name right on the top of the of the of the YouTube thing, Nicholas Cruz. We couldn't figure out who this kid was. You know, and you're the federal government, you have you have subpoena power. You could just send a subpoena over to YouTube and they'll tell you who this Nicholas Cruz is. Now, I have a YouTube cha- I have a YouTube account. I don't know for sure that they know exactly where I am, but they'd at least have an email and somebody somebody outlook or or Microsoft or somebody would be able to find me and plus i 'm not that hard I, they could probably just google me because I notice I googled a, an address because t- I' googled an address to see what a value of a property was, and you go down a page or two and they're giving out the phone numbers of all your neighbors uh, i don't know how hard do you need to, to how hard is it to find this kid? Nicholas Cruz. I think there's only about a dozen of them in the whole country. It kind of makes me think of this clip from Armageddon.
0: What's your contingency plan? Contingency plan? Your backup plan.
4: you got to have some kind of backup plan, right? No, we don't have a backup plan. This is it. And this
0: is the best that, you could, that the, the government, the U.S. government can come up with? I mean, you, you're NASA for crying out loud. You put a man on the moon. You're geniuses. You're, you're the guys that think it up. I'm sure you got a team of men sitting around somewhere right now just thinking up and somebody backing them up. you tell telling me you don't have a backup
2: plan? No backup plan. No backup plan. No idea. You got a a room full of geniuses trying to think up. Hey, his name is Nicholas Cruz. Even if it's not spelled right, how hard is it to catch the guy? His picture's on his Facebook. Hmm, I don't know. Is this the same Nicholas Cruz guy? Let's check. Let's check with YouTube and see if it's... uh, See if it's got a similar email to the one on Facebook and, and YouTube. And then, then you got the picture. It's kind of like you go on a cruise ship and people go, hey, when you go through your pictures, you know, if you've been on a cruise ship, you know, they've uh, they're, they got just racks. And every time you turn around, they're taking your picture. And they're going to want to charge you 20 bucks for the print. And you go, know, hey, you know what? How will I know which pictures are mine? Well, the guy that looks like you is you. Especially if he's standing with your wife. That's probably you. I don't know. Are you stupid or something? You know what? Uh, you know, think about it. Vladimir Putin called Barack Obama and said, "Hey, there's these couple of up to no good guys came through came through our country and they're heading heading to the United States. Their name is Sarnayev. You ought to be checking this out because they they're up to no good. I don't know. They went here, they went there, and now they're on a plane back to the United States. You know what? If someone was paying attention, if someone's minding the cash register, if somebody's standing at the door, we might not have had all those people die or lose limbs at the Boston, at the Boston Marathon bomb back in, uh, I don't know, 2012 or something like that. 2015. I don't know how many years it was. I think it was probably 2012 or 13, somewhere in there. So the uh, Boston bomber, uh, hey, two have brothers, they were known problems and the and the Russian government called the American government and they still didn't get caught. I don't know, let's not insult the rank and file FBI guys. No, no 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 none of that, none of that. So, let's talk about let's talk about what happened at that shooting. So, this this guy and I and I'm hearing and I'm hearing uh stuff on the TV about oh, this guy was a troubled youth. You know, he was adopted as a baby. So first of all, you know you got that's got to feel bad, and I know you guys that are adopted out there, um, you know you don't know what it's like. Yeah, I I probably would have I might have come out different if I was adopted because uh, cause, you know I was born to to uh, uh, my mom and dad, and my and my dad was a moron and uh, and a kind of a maniac. So he uh, he gave me a really nice nice uh, example of what I didn't want to be in my life. Happily, my, my I had a good mom, and uh, but. You know, hey, he was, he was adopted at birth. So it means two people went beyond themselves and, and offered this guy a life. And the dad died a few years ago and mom died about a year ago. So he's an orphan, but he was 18 when the, when his mom died. So he moved in with some friends. They let him come and go, hey, you don't have any place to be. Come live with us. We have an extra room. And uh, apparently about a, a year ago, he bought an AR-15. And apparently he's been posting stuff on Facebook and all that stuff, having some kind of a, uh, uh obsession with guns. Now, I don't know what the laws are in Florida, but apparently you only need to be 18 18 to buy a gun. And I hear a bunch of Democrats on TV talking about how, well, you can't even drink a beer until you're 21. And, but you can buy it. You can buy an AR 15 when you're 18. Guess what? When you're AR 15, when you're 18 years old, you can also go into the army and uh, be given a gun and go fight for our country. So I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a mixed set of rules there. And maybe, maybe, maybe some should be older. Maybe some should be younger. But hey, it's whatever's good for good for your narrative of the day. So, this guy uh goes to the school. Apparently, he's he was expelled um last September, and 3 days later is when he posted the uh the the thing on YouTube saying that he uh, wanted to be famous for being a, a school a professional school shooter, and that was in September. Um Wednesday he walks on to campus. And he and there's a and he got expelled and he's not allowed to be on that campus. He broke the law. Wait, you're not supposed to be on this campus. Stay off. Apparently that that little rule didn't work. And he walked in and he went and set the set the fire alarm off so all the kids would come out of the out of the classes and into the halls and heading out. And uh, I don't know if he had his gun with him or if he went back to his car and got it and then came back on. But apparently this is a this is a gun free zone this school. Hey, let's set a rules that the school is a gun free zone. No no guns allowed. Guess what? He broke the law at that too. I don't know. Hey, we've put a law. He still brought his gun onto thing onto the campus and started shooting kids. And he decided he and apparently from uh what some of the kids said, the uh he had intended to kill as many people as he could. Poor troubled youth. Eh, he's mixed up. He's a he's an orphan. You know what? Kill this kid. Put him to death. Florida is a death penalty state. Seventeen seventeen people don't have don't get to, don't get to wake up tomorrow. Don't get to be with their families. Seventeen families and a whole bunch of kids and a whole bunch of friends are without without these people that are their friends that had perfectly good lives. And this guy decided, hey, I'm a troubled youth, so I get to take him out. Kill this kid. I don't know. Is that heartless? I know. So 17 kids died, or uh, 15 kids and two two teachers died. 15, 15 uh, people in the hospital. Uh, initially, seven left as of Friday morning, only one of them in critical condition. So let's talk about the heroes here. Let's talk about the heroes involved here, because two of the teachers, you know, I don't want to talk about this moron, Nicholas Cruz. I want to talk about the idiots that we pay for that, that, uh that couldn't track him down when they gave him his name. And I don't want to talk about the kids that died because they're all, it's all tragic, all that. But you know what? I think, uh, I think we have heroes among us. I don't think, I don't think you study to be a hero. I don't think you go to go to training to be a hero. I think you're just a good person. I think you're just, if you have the right morals and you stand up for what you believe in, that's, that's just who you are in the, in a, in a moment of crisis, you do what comes natural and you become a hero. One of the, the people, that the two teachers that died, where's my notes? Here they are. The two teachers that died, one was Aaron, Aaron Feist, football coach, and he was also security officer at the, uh, or he was athletic director and athletic director slash football coach, and he was security guard at the school. And Chris Hickson, who was also an athletic director. Oh, maybe the, maybe the, Chris Hickson was the athletic director. Aaron Feiss was the football coach. Regardless, these guys died protecting these kids. Apparently, uh, Chris Hickson uh, unlocked a, a locked room and let kids in there. And as he's and as he's standing at the door, locking it to protect those kids, he got shot and killed. Aaron Feist stepped in front of uh, stepped in front of some bullets to save some other kids, two or three two or three girls. And uh, let's hear let's hear a couple of some of the uh, students, the football players from that uh, from that school, that made comments about Coach
1: Feist. Pretty much what I've heard is uh, that he saw a bunch of kids running and the gunman looked right at him. He jumped in front of it and supposedly he took eight bullets. I'm not sure if that's true, but... We heard the fire alarm go off, and so we started making our way out,
3: and then we heard uh, we heard gunshots from another building, and we heard Code Red go over the radio, and we ran back inside. We heard over the radio that Feist was down, and he was shot, and he wasn't moving, I legit just collapsed in the middle of the office, and uh, I, I didn't want anyone to touch me. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was just sitting there just weeping.
1: He was a security guard. Would he have had anything on him, a weapon or your coach? Um, How how does that work when he's the security guard as well as the coach? Well... He's a security. He's a security guard, and he rides around on his golf cart, opening the gate and helping kids. But when it comes to actually protecting us from a guy with a gun, if someone were to come on campus, he has no way of protecting us. He can't stop them. The only thing he could do is give his life to save others. Yeah, because if did. he had had a gun, maybe wow. there would have been a different outcome.
2: Yeah, if he had a gun, there might be a different outcome. Because apparently, that law that says you can't bring guns on campus didn't help. And apparently that gun, that law that said he's not allowed to be on campus, didn't help. And uh, you know what? It's just hey, even if he wasn't old enough to have an AR-15, that didn't help either. So you know what? You can you can create. We have 300 million guns in here. We got to get them all back and take them away. You know what? You hear the Democrats criticizing the Republicans over my dead body, from my cold dead hands. You're going to pull my guns. You know what? I won't give up my guns, and I'm not even that. Big of a gun enthusiast, I got them just to protect to protect me and my family. You know what? Just because no matter what happens, no, you can make all the gun laws you want, and nothing's going to stop the bad guys from doing it. You know what? I would think about. Um, uh, I was talking about it with my trainer this morning, as we always do early in the morning. We philosoph we we philosophize about what's going on, what's going what's going on in this country. And you say, what? What would be the best thing? You put a gate around every school and a metal detector, and you put an armed guard there. And I don't know what armed guards cost for full time during school hours. Maybe forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. You know what? And then you've got one guard on a whole school campus for, and yeah, you only have a couple openings, but you've got one guy there. Why not just, why not just incentivize the teachers to take gun to take some gun training and say, hey, thirty percent of the teachers on campus have to be armed. Even if it's in a safe, even if it's in a, in a gun safe in their room, they don't have to even keep it on their person. They got to, so, but so the kids can't get at it. And if that happens, what would happen if this uh, coach Aaron Feist had a gun? Hey, instead of 17 kids, it might've been 15 kids. Maybe it would have been two kids. You know what? Ask those parents if they wish that these guys were, were armed. Let me end the show with this clip from a movie called St. Vincent about saints among us.
1: Saints are human beings we celebrate for their commitment and dedication to other human beings. For my modern-day saint, I chose a man who shares many of the same qualities as St. William of Rochester. On the surface, one might think my saint is least likely candidate for sainthood. He's not a happy person. He doesn't like people and not many people like him. He's grumpy, angry, mad at the world, and I'm sure full of regrets. But that's what you see at first glance. If you dig deeper, you see a man beyond his walls. Growing up poor on the streets of Brooklyn, Vincent learned all the things that kids shouldn't need to know. Fighting, cursing, and gambling. In 1965, as a member of the United States Army 5th Regiment, Vincent was among the 450 soldiers dropped into the La Drang Valley and immediately ambushed by 2,000 enemy troops. There, he heroically saved the lives of two wounded officers pinned down by enemy fire and carried them to safety. He was awarded the Bronze Star for his bravery. I imagine the best way I can tell you who Mr. Vincent McKenna is, is to tell you what he's done for me. When me and my mom first moved here, we knew no one. And Mr. McKenna took me in. When he didn't have to and most likely didn't want to, but he did it anyhow, because that's what saints do. We visited his wife, Sandy, of 40 years, who recently passed away. Vince done her laundry every week for the past eight years, long after she no longer recognized him. The saints never give up. He taught me how to fight, how to stand my ground and be brave, how to speak up and be bold, because saints fight for themselves and others so that they might be heard. He taught me how to gamble, horse racing, keno, the over and under which is a big reason why I'm grounded until I'm 18. But in that, I learned how to take risks and go for broke. Because in life, the odds can be stacked against you. This is Vin's cat, Felix, who eats gourmet cat food while Vin eats sardines. The saints make sacrifices. Yes, Mr. Vincent McKenna is flawed, seriously flawed, but just like all the other saints we studied. Because after all, saints are human beings very human beings courage sacrifice compassion humanity these are the markings of a saint and what makes mr vincent mckenna not so far removed from saint william of rochester and with that i like to present my friend and babysitter mr vincent mckenna for sainthood and hereby proclaim him saint vincent of sheep's head bay
2: folks go out there and be heroes be saints and be good people